You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M and today as we do every Thursday here at Locked On Aggies, we're going to rank all 12 major programs inside of the state of Texas. Where does Texas A&M fall? Are they number one, number two, are they number three? No, we know they're not number three, but let's go ahead and start breaking it down. Now, before we begin, thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, LockedOnPodcast.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. As always, my name is Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Cole Thompson, name right down there below. If you want to comment, let me know what you like about the show, what you hate about the show, what you want to see in the future. Give me a like, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 man related content found here on LLP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So we waste no time. Let's get right into this because of this first segment is really going to be basing it on one team in, in, in particular. So I wanted to start getting to that. Uh, number 12, North Texas. They're 1-6 on the year. There's a lot of big problems. They really let... Uh, the, the biggest problem was they allowed Liberty, a team that is led by potentially a first-round quarterback in Malik Willis, come back, surge back into the second half. I mean, absolutely destroy them in the second half. And that ended up being a 35-26 loss. Now they got to go play Rice, who comes in, in my opinion, as the next team. I know that right now that they are um, uh, three and four, but I don't really see a significant win on their schedule. And you've seen them play against bigger opponents and they stink. I, I mean, they're, 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 they're God awful. There's not a good thing going for them. So, I can't really put them up that much higher than the likes of North Texas. I think what's going to be really interesting is how does North Texas look and how does Rice look when we go compare them parallel together. If North Texas loses, I, I think they're going to be in last place the remainder of the year. If North Texas somehow wins, does Rice move into my bottom spot? That's going to be really interesting. Uh, next up, I got to go with Texas State. And the reason I do is Texas State plays in a better conference, in my opinion. They play in the Sun Belt, which is a lot better of a conference. And I know that right now they're sitting at 2-5, and five, but... They played against a Georgia State team that was almost going down to the wire against an Auburn program. They were able to do a lot there. Brady McBride, he was sacked three times. The offensive line is just not doing well. Uh, I, I do want to see how the Bobcats look this weekend against Louisiana because Billy Napier is a name that I think all Aggie fans should get to know. There's a very good opportunity. He comes to the SEC within the, in the next few years. Maybe even next year, there's going to be a few openings. I think maybe Ole Miss would give him a call. I think if Mark Stoops left Kentucky... They would give him a call. I would love to see if South Carolina loses uh, Frank Beamer because of Justin Fuente is fired at Virginia Tech. If they give him a call. So Billy Napier, the main reason I'm watch, I want to watch this game is to see what Napier, a guy who I very much respect, see what he does as a head coach in this game against the likes of the Bobcats. And number nine, and the team that we're going to be spending the most time on for this segment, is Texas Tech. Now, Texas Tech right now, they are five and three. So they're actually a winning team, and they're one win away from being bowl eligible for the first time since 2017. But you're very hard to find a win like this now because you don't have a head coach. 
I mean, you fired Matt Wells. Matt Wells is out after two and a half seasons as the guy. Former Utah State coach who was able to lead his team to back-to-back 10-win victories. Comes into Lubbock. They think that his offense is going to be able to kick off right away. It's not really a um, an air raid attack. It's more so an up-tempo kind of style of passing offense. Uh, really trusting that the ground game will do enough on third down to set up big passing plays on first and second. That's kind of the offense you went with. And now that that's gone, it didn't work. Uh, he was four and eight his first year. I think he was uh, four and nine last year, or um, or four and six last year, something like that. Either way, sub five hundred records, eight total wins in the last two years. Doubled his win. I mean, had one more win this year, but blew a big time lead against Kansas State. Blew a big time lead against somebody else. They ba- almost, I like literally, they almost were four wins right now because they almost lost to Houston in the season opener. Somehow Tyler Shaw was able to turn it around. Uh, Henry Columbia has been taking over as the quarterback for the last few weeks because of what happened to Shaw's injury with the broken collarbone against Texas. But now you got to go in a direction. And what direction do you go? So that's what I'm going to spend my time with because it is the state of Texas and it is important. And I want to bring this up. If they go defense, do they go with a guy like maybe Mike Elko? And that's the whole point of this. Do they go with a guy like Mike Elko? Now, keep in mind that the Big 12 is known for offensive play, but that doesn't mean that defensive coaches can't work there. I, I mean, I, I believe I'm not mistaken, Lance Leipold, what, no, Lance Leipold was an offensive coordinator. Uh, Chris Kleiman, I think, was a defensive coordinator before becoming the head coach at North Dakota State and before having all that success. So remember, defenses do work. There are ways for defensive coordinators to make it last, and they can be stable. Mike Elko has been one of the more consistent defensive coordinators in the SEC. He's done a fantastic job moving the ball. He's done a great job of building talent, really solidifying his secondary, doing a nice job adding in an extra pass rush. And the last three years have been fantastic underneath him. In fact, the year that AM went seven and five, you could argue that their defense made sure that they went seven and five, that they didn't go worse. They didn't go six and six. They didn't go even lower than that because the way that the offense was so anemic, especially when it came to running the football that year, they were able to get a bunch of marquee plays defensively to really help out in that aspect. So Elko would make a little bit of sense. I do think he is going to be offered a head coaching job somewhere. I do think that there's going to be a team somewhere, whether in Texas, maybe more more on the East Coast, maybe more in the Midwest region, kind of where he got his big start. There's going to be a team that's going to be looking for a head coach. And the second that they do, I would be very shocked not to see Elko on a short list because... Again, he has been nothing but stellar since coming to AM. He's done a fantastic job keeping this defense after really blowing it against Mississippi State, rebounding, playing a very strong game against Alabama, playing an excellent back-to-back, sh- um, you know, stellar outings. You know, you allowed 28 points, but keep in mind that one was on a big, like, what was it, 15 or 16-yard, 16-play uh, drive against Missouri. After that, there were two late touchdowns against South Carolina, both against your second-team defense. His team has been playing almost flawless football defensively for the last three weeks. And they've been able to cause turnovers. They've been able to cause a lot of pressure. They've been able to to get in the backfield a little bit more. He would be a stellar head coaching candidate. I don't think Texas Tech is where he goes. I would say more so uh, somewhere like a Bowling Green, maybe go to a, even a Syracuse, maybe go to a team like that. Somewhere on the eastern side or the midwest side. That like That's where I feel like he feels most at home, and that's where I feel like he's ultimately going to end up. So who would I go with at Texas Tech? I'd go Jeff Trailer. I, I really would. He has SEC ties. He is a fantastic recruiter. And the biggest thing is that he is one in the state of Texas at the high school level, at the collegiate level, and now he is killing it at UTSA. 
The Roadrunners are ranked for the very first time in, pro in program history. Uh, they're 8-0. They look that they can go actually probably 12-0 this year. And if that's the case, they are going to be a top 15 team, which means Trailer, who took a team from the Conference USA, has them playing in hopefully a more significant bowl game and undefeated on the season. This is what you're looking for. You want somebody who has proven that they can win, proven that they can recruit, and probably best of all, proven that they know what they're doing. They're a leader in the locker room. Now, again, Tech, they have to get this higher right because if you have to remember that now with Oklahoma and um, uh, Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC, the biggest thing that they can do is they can exhale. It's open competition. Is Cincinnati still going to have Luke Fickle there for a few years? Is Gus Malzahn going to actually work at in Orlando? What do we make of Houston? Are they going to be able to figure things out? It's a wide open margin right now. Now that you lose Oklahoma State, uh, Oklahoma and Texas, the Big 12 is wide open. So you got to make sure you get the right hire. I really like Trailer. I think another name to watch for is Sonny Dyke. Sonny's done a really good job. We're actually going to talk about him in a little bit. He's done a fantastic job taking over and, you know, the ties. I think, I think everyone can just kind of go back to that. Spike Dykes with his uh, memorable years down in Lubbock. There's a lot of family connection there. I could definitely see that getting done. And this would definitely make a ton of sense. This episode of Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by Sweat Block. Now, Every single morning after I go do my national radio show, just saying it on the Sports Map Radio Network, I go and work out. And then I have to go to press conferences, whether it be at UT, whether it be at Texas A&M, whether it be at Houston Texans, Dallas Cowboys. I go all across, but I live in Texas. And it's very, very hot in Houston. It's very, very muggy. And I sweat profusely. The last thing I need is a non-antiperspirant that is going to make me sweat even more than I already am being uncomfortable. So I use sweat block. All you do, it's a very simple process. Take a shower, put on sweat block the night before, fall asleep, wake up, and you will be pit free for up to 48 hours. Pit free for 48 hours. Guys, that is fantastic news. So it's a big interview day. Maybe you're meeting the family. Maybe you just don't want to be sweating, you know, disgusting outside in the midsummer sun of Texas heat. Whatever you do, make sure you use sweat block. Go visit sweatblock.com. And also, you can use this on Amazon, you can use this at CBS. Use the promo code LOCKED ON to save 20% off your very first purchase. That's 20% off at sweatblock.com or amazon.com, one of the biggest selling products right now in the country. Go ahead and use the 20% discount LOCKED ON. Stop the sweat today with Sweatblock. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's where family and friends can come and reconnect, a place where classmates can meet for study groups, a place where the home team or away team can come after a game, get an ice cold beverage and recharge. It's time for a place for you to look forward to. I know that I love McDonald's mainly for their milkshakes. I love their French fries and there's days where I am just beat. I go get it. I go get an order of a vanilla milk. Milkshake, I go get some french fries, I dump those in together, and it is a salty sweet treat that makes my needs feel neat. I love it every single day. Head to your local McDonald's for the referral and reconnect. Did somebody say locked on Aggie's party? Yep, that's what I'm doing. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. I'm loving it. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's continue down the list of teams I think are definitely in this running. So, number nine is Texas Tech, number eight is TCU. And I'm not going to be shocked on this one. The way that Gary Patterson has coached this year with kind of a nonchalant attitude and his older school style of play, is there going to be a change to TCU coming soon? 
is there. Now, Patterson has been there for a hot minute. I think that he is the oldest tenured coach in the state. Of, I know he's the oldest tenured coach in the state of Texas. I think that he is the oldest tenured coach in the country. What, uh, he's one of them. I know that. I know Kirk Ferentz is up there, too, for Iowa. But he's one of the oldest coaches. I mean, he's been there since their days in the Mountain West. He's been there since their days in the FCS, helping them get to this level, taking them to those big New Year's Six Bowl games getting them into the Big 12. So TCU has been through the ringer with Gary Patterson. But the problem is when you become a dinosaur and when you don't know how to change up the velocity and fix a program in minutes by going and elevating your game, it becomes a problem. They're not running the ball with their star player, Zach Evans, who recently, if you go onto his Instagram page, has deleted everything, has deleted everything of TCU. He has gotten rid of it all. So there's not even a post on TCU right now. Is that a sign that they're going to transfer? Max Duggan has played extremely well at times. He's also been very inconsistent at times. But it's the defense, which again, Gary Patterson has been known for years as a defensive-minded guy that has been struggling. They rank bottom 10 in to, uh, they rank bottom 10 among FBS teams in total defense. They rank I think 120th and third down efficiency. They're having a really horrendous year defensively. And that's really saying something when you look at even though they lost some big names like uh, Darius Stewart, uh, uh yeah, Darius Smith, uh they lost Trayvon Merrick. They lost some really really good defensive players last year, but they've been able to reproduce defensive players left and right. I mean, you look at LJ Collier, they've been able to add a defensive end to replace him in no time. So it's really interesting to see how this team is just somewhat not being able to get it to click on all cylinders. And when that's the case and when that happens, sometimes you need change. I love Gary Patterson. I think that he is a delight. Uh, every single time I go to Big 12 Media Days, he is always fun. He's always nice to me. We always have a nice little chit chat. But at some point, if you cannot keep up with the standard, with how the offenses are running in the Big 12 nowadays, how defenses are playing at a, at a more higher rate, if you cannot do that, then you are going to struggle. And that means that change could be coming. I would not be shocked to see Gary Patterson either retire or maybe even get fired this year. And if not, he's definitely going to be on the, on the hot seat moving forward. Number seven, UTEP. Yep, UTEP is on the merge as the other team that nobody's talking about for Conference USA. They're 6-1. and one. They've had a stellar start to the year. They are going to possibly be able to upset the likes of UTSA to go ahead and take the lead in the West Division to then go play for the Conference USA title. The Miners have been a very solid team this entire year. Uh, they're not ranked, but again, 6-1. and one, They're beating opponents by 10-plus points on average, and they're finding ways defensively to slow down opponents. Conference USA or not, this is a very good team. I would not be shocked to see them be able to beat up on Texas Tech. I would not be shocked to see them beat up on any of the bottom four. TCU, maybe. I mean, if you get the offense going, if you're able to get that run game going, I mean, TCU's run defense is atrocious right now. If you can get that going, maybe I could see them even winning there. So there's a lot to like in that aspect, too. Number six, I go with Houston. And the reason I go with Houston is, even though they had the big blowout and they've been playing consistently since then, they still lost the likes. Sorry about that. They still lost to the likes of Texas Tech, who fired Matt Wells just recently. So when you when that happens, Dana Holgerson is putting his team in the right direction, but you lost to a team that isn't done. The season's not over, and you fired your head coach. I can't give them much more existence. And, and again. I will say that the overtime win over uh, Eastern Carolina this past week 
is a little bit getting blown out of proportion. And what I mean by that is the game is supposed to be starts. The game is supposed to start at what? 3 o'clock. And it started at 7.45 because of a four and a half hour rain delay. If that's going to be the case, then yeah, sometimes you do go to overtime. You prepare for certain weather. You prepare for certain, you know, you pre uh, prepare for certain conditions and your team is warming up and then they're told, nope, you got to go back inside for four hours. I mean, you can take a nap, relax, take your shoulder pads off, go ahead and uh, get re-stretched out and then you have to do it all over again. I don't really blame them because of what happened there. That, that That's one of those times where I feel like, yeah, you know, it's bad, but it's not that great. Clayton Toon did not have a good second half of the game. He allowed ECU to come back. I can't put them that much higher. They're going to come in for me at number six. At number six. They, they just are. Number five is Texas, and Texas is probably actually number three on this list. They really should be. They're so good. Texas is actually really good for a quarter and then a half, and then they implode. Like, that's Texas's analogy. It, it, the best way I can put it is, Imagine running out of rocket fuel halfway up the stratosphere and then crashing back down to earth because Texas is the hottest team for the first quarter. They really start hitting their stride in the second quarter. And then no side. That's exactly what happens when you look at Texas. Texas does not have efficiency in the third quarter. Uh, you look at the way that they've lost their past two games to the schools from Oklahoma over 600 yards of defense allowed. They've uh, given up, I think, 73 points in the second half. They have been atrocious in the second half. Steve Sarkeesian has got to find a way to turn this program around, make it find a little bit more consistency. And if he can't do that, well, Texas isn't a big problem because they had an opportunity to probably be 11-1 at the end of the year. I would have no doubt if they win out this year. I also would have no doubt if their next win only comes to the likes of Kansas. Because if they're allowing teams to stay in games late, and that's defensively. Pete Kiewitkowski is, I think, a very decent defense coordinator. He had a lot of success in the Pac-12. It's the Big 12, and it's soon to be the SEC. I mean, I, I really do not think that the way that the team is built right now, they're going to be able to be successful in any way, shape, or form. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. College football is in full swing. We have the MLB World Series going on, and basketball is back. So go to the one place we love and the one place we trust. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag gives you the best buyouts, the best bets, the best wagers, and the best lines every single day from football to basketball to UFC to college sports to the MLB World Series. Stop staying on the sidelines and get into the action now when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. You will receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. You know what I hate? Spending money on places that I don't need to. And one of the biggest places I do that is at auto parts stores. Because if I got to go pay an installment fee, a shipping fee, a service fee, and all these other minor little tweaks and fees that nobody really wants to pay. I just don't know where to look for the part. Now I do. It's called rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. They have everything from engine modules to tail lamps to brake pads. So whether you're trying to refurbish a cult classic or fix up a daily driver, it doesn't really matter. They have the parts for you. I was able to replace my back windshield, uh, my back windshield, uh, uh, a taillight with a part from rockauto.com. Simply put, I just went on to the site. I found an Audi. I found Audi Q5. I typed in the year, the model, the make, and I looked up the low, low price shipped right here to my apartment. Go visit rockauto.com and type in locked on on the how to hear about section so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com is the place to be. 
Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Let's get through our final four before we get on how to cure number four is UTSA. Again, they're 8-0. No, you got to give a lot of credit to them there. Frank Harris is playing out of his mind. Defensively, they are one of the better teams in the entire con, in the entire state. They're one of the better teams in the entire uh, nation, if we're really being real. And then you have, again, Sincere McCormick, who I believe 100% would be a first-round running back if he went to a bigger school. He'd be a Heisman finalist if he went to a bigger school. But because he plays for UTSA, it's just one of those ones that's a little underachieving. So that plays a big role into it. Jeff Trailer has done a fantastic job turning this program around. I would love to see him get an opportunity somewhere else. And then if he does really well there, I would love to see him in the SEC. I really would because, of again, it's like one of those Sam Pittman stories. Had to work his way, had to grind his way up, had to go through all the brumps and bruises. Wasn't a hot shot offensive coordinator at 23 years old and then slowly rose up the ranks to become a head coach at 32. He went through the entire high school yearbook process for, I think it was 18 years before finally getting his college football shot. And now he is crushing it at UTSA. If he can do that at like a Texas Tech and a TCU at a, maybe even a bigger, I don't even know what a bit. I mean, I don't think like Miami or something like that. But if he can do that there, I would love to see him come to the team like a Vanderbilt. I would love to see him go to a South Carolina. I would love to see him be able to win there and bring that program back in similar fashion. Number three is SMU. It has to be because SMU is in a little bit of a bigger conference. I still think that they got jipped out going to the Big 12. I really did. I think that's ridiculous that you're going to include Houston and not SMU. The Ponies are just as good, if not actually better than the likes of Houston. So I would include them. Tanner Mordecai, another stellar game, over 400 passing yards for, I think this is his fifth time this season, fourth or fifth. Uh, time. Uh, three touchdown passes. Danny Green had eight of them for 140 yards. They finished with 621 total yards of offense in a win over Tulane. They take on Houston this weekend. That is going to be a really, really fun game. And this again, it's Sonny Dykes' time. Sonny Dykes has brought the Ponies to two 10-win seasons, and SMU has been ranked twice underneath Dykes. If they can play up to par the way that they are right now, Oh my goodness. Like It's going to be almost impossible for Texas Tech not to consider this guy and actually probably not offer him just with the history of Spike, you know, Spike Dykes and what he was able to do. So that is why I put them ahead at number three. They're also in a bigger conference, and they got jipped out of the Big 12. I'm sorry, I'll continue to say that. Number two is Baylor. Baylor comes in at number two. I know they had an off week last week. Jerry Bohannon has done a very good job. Jeff Grimes. So if Dave Aranda leaves for LSU, and Jeff Grimes is not brought with him, I'd make him the head coach. In fact, if Dave Aranda was offered LSU and he took it before I'd even give an opportunity for him to take him to Baylor, I would make Jeff Grimes the head coach. That's exactly what I would do right then and there. I do not think that Dave Aranda is leaving. I really don't. And the way that this team is playing, they are building I could actually see them really become the next big team, especially if Aranda's there because he's putting such an emphasis on fixing the defensive side of the football like an SEC team does. If he can go ahead and hone that in and stay at Baylor for the next eight or nine years, when Texas and Oklahoma leave, I actually think that the Bears are going to be the favorite to win the Big 12 almost every single year. As long as Grimes is there or a guy like Grimes is there, they're starting to recruit a lot better. And if Aran is the head coach, they're putting such the emphasis on fixing the defensive side, secondary play, linebacker play, all this play. When you look at that, they are going to be a team to watch for for many years to come, so long as you have the right head coach. But number one, no surprises, Texas A&M. I get it. I know that they have two losses, and I know that people are going to say, but you're being a homer. Well, okay. Literally, they would kill Baylor. 
they 100% would because defensively they'd be able to shut them down. And then offensively, they'd be able to get enough plays, I think, in the run game. They would kill SMU and UTSA. They would absolutely murder both of them by, I'd say, at least 17 points. They would beat Texas because Texas's defense is literally cardboard crap right now. And then you, they would beat every single other team. So when that's the case, if they would beat every other team, and even if one of them was close, they would win 11 out of those 12 games, I would say by 15, uh, by, by two touchdowns or more. If that's going to be the case, yeah, Texas A&M is the number one team. The offense is clicking. They're immediately finding success in the offensive line. Running game is finally back to a high-end level. Back-to-back rushing performances of over 100 yards for Devon A-Chain and Isaiah Spiller. I'm very excited to see what happens next week when they play the likes of Auburn. Auburn is going to be a really interesting team. They could be either uh, have three losses. They could have two losses. If they can win out, Auburn is going to be a dangerous threat to possibly make the college football playoff as a 10-2 and team. I would not be shocked to see that. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Uh, make sure you're also following us and making us your second listen with Locked on SEC with Sports Talk 90's Chris Gordy as the host. Gordy breaks down all 14 teams, including Texas A&M, for basketball, baseball, and, of course, college football. I'll be back tomorrow to break down the superlatives, my favorites, least favorites, my highs, my lows, everything that you've seen from Texas A&M this season. Who are the superstars? We'll talk about much, much more. See you then, and remember, take a meow. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.